This is Georgia Songbird, and we are doing a special album review here with Mr. Kurt Lee Wheeler. Hey, and hey. his album titled, I didn't even look at the title, On Our Way. Mm-hmm. Introduce yourself, Kurt. Um, Kurt Lee Wheeler. I'm from Lathamtown, Georgia, and a singer-songwriter. Writing about stuff that just uh, connects with me and growing up. And that's about it. Now, we talked before, uh, before we get into the songs, you were worried about the album review and people like, uh, it's, a lot, it's not typical, but I, I love singer-songwriter stuff, and that's what this is, right? Well, it's, uh, it's not typical, you're right, because um, it, I've had several reviews, but one reviewer said it goes from rock to country to alt-country to gospel to jam band. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, equal opportunity offender record. Uh, <laughs> You probably find some genre on there you don't like, but at the same token, you'll find something you do like. Oh yeah, always same thing when we do the band. We was talking about it. I call it mutt music because it's mm. such a mix of different things. Yeah, I never put like a style. I know a lot of people do when they do their albums. They want to do like a story and have it in a mode. And I just like you know what? This is what I have. This is what I like. Well, I mean, I think it's reflects the album's always a reflection of what my life's been and what my life soundtrack looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean my. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Willie Nelson's lead guitar playing lately. Okay. Uh, that's And then for vocal delivery, I've been looking at Etta James. And for songwriting, I've been really looking at Leon Russell. Wow. Uh, so that's kind of a mix, right? Mm-hmm. Most people don't think of Willie Nelson as a lead guitar player. Mm-mm. That's not. I, I think more of a songwriter would be Willie. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, those are great, too. But that, that's just kind of where I am. And those, those ebb and flow. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's do the first song. It's called Something I Said. Uh, what's the story behind this song? Something I Said actually had its uh, genesis back in the 80s. And um, I had a band, and I wrote this song. We never performed it. I started writing this song, but it, it, it's musically, it reflects a relationship that's intense. It's on and off, it's on and off, it's on and off. And it also reflects the misunderstandings and the misgivings that happen within a relationship and the self-questioning when things seem to hit the wall. You go, well, was it something I said? Did it come across wrong? Mm-hmm. But you'll hear in the song, it's very intense. starts out powerfully like a lot of relationships do. Okay. There's a lot of physical attraction. Uh, and then it goes into uh, the misunderstandings that come pretty soon after that. Yeah. And then it hits hard, it's off, it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. So that's something I said. See, I like stories, and I like when songs take you on a journey. Well, let's listen to it. All right.
just the time of the year Maybe just a few words And that's all it needs to be heard And what was done in vain was not what we said or what we shared So All right, I like that. We were talking while we were listening to it. You got to tell me some story behind what you So, um, the vibe of this whole album, it's all recorded live. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find a group of musicians that were not what you would expect. I'd talk with people in Nashville and people locally, and they all had great ideas. But it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. And we've heard people say, good's the worst enemy of great. There's a lot of really good situations. And I wouldn't say it would have been an enemy of the music by no means, but I wanted to set up where we come in, we're looking eye to eye, mm-hmm. we're recording as we go. And so all these songs are first or second takes live in the studio. There's some overdubs with some leads and things and some background music, but what you hear is basically us going in there and I, I sent them the music before I got there and I the basic premise just was that I'm the artist that has brought the canvas and the outline mm-hmm. this is what i told him i said i want you to bring your paint you paint it this is my drawing i gave him some direction like starting on that song i said i want you to start out on this chord i want you to do me a blues run down 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 kind of in a yeah. john lord uh deep purple vibe and then we're going to come in and so yeah but that's about as much direction as they got now where was it recorded at at 
South Shadow Studios in okay. Marietta. Um, Bobby Totolo. I apologize if I don't pronounce his name right. But uh, I saw him online on Facebook jamming. <laughs> and it said studios. So I got in touch with him and said, do y'all do records? And he said, yeah. It's it's funny that sometimes that's the best way to get a hold of somebody. Same thing as Nashville. A guy came up to me. He wanted to get his name out. I went and done a studio. Great studio. It's not. It's an apartment. It wasn't really a studio, but I mean, it was sounded studio, great. Studio, right? right. All you need is the the right DAW. Well, it was in, there, it was in this big giant basement, and it was all set up. And, you know, we did our thing. I was. <laughs> I was. I, I thought. I knew I was in the right place when we were talking about a particular song. I said, um, I would like this have kind of a southeastern feel you know the jason isbell vibe and he mm-hmm. said who's jason isbell <laughs> and i thought this is perfect because they're not going to because when you hear my accent there's a that and that's what happened up in nashville they're like hey we'll put it in the can you come up here and sing and i'm mm-hmm. like no that's not what i want yep. yeah well let's see the next song you got on here is called faces faces yeah um so in greek mythology and greek uh, literature there's this idea of being and we we have we call it being two-faced mm-hmm. uh but it's basically the idea of being authentic yep and um c.s lewis wrote a book called till we all have faces and uh it's that whole concept that whole idea and i've had one person at a show walk up after i finished said i love that idea I said i caught it I said that's that's a reference to, to that c.s lewis book i said it is uh, and it's just the story of a relationship that begins, and it's the story of a young lady who comes from a broken home, and okay. she's living out of her brokenness. And uh, along comes a guy beside her, and he sees the brokenness. He sees the journey, and in the midst of trying to help her, he becomes part of her brokenness and becomes a wounder of her also. Oh, wow. you got a very deep songs. You know, I, I like bar singing and stuff, and you're talking about like – Greek mythology, here we. <laughs> well, let's listen to it. Let's hear it. Run. 
keep on running I like that one too. Now you got to tell me some of the stuff you're telling me off of air about it, especially about the review, because the people we we're talking about, like the whole idea. Go ahead, you tell. Uh, yeah. Me. So in this song, um, of course, we talked about it starts and stops and mirrors the relationship, but also lyrically, it mirrors the emotional journey mm-hmm. of the people who are running to try to fulfill, which is a metaphor for. They're running, they're standing still, but they're wide open. They're right. running, they're trying to fill these empty places in their lives. Um, all, all every day, they they have this in, inward programming. So, the background singers come in, going, "Keep on running, we keep on running, we keep on running." And at the end, I'm saying, "We keep on running, we keep on running." That was done on purpose mm-hmm. uh, because we get stuck in the loop. And one of the reviewers who really liked the record, but he did say he didn't like this particular part that it got on his nerves, which I, I get it. I get it. But that was the point. Right. Is that we get stuck. And I wanted people to hear that lyrically if they had ears to hear. Uh, that's what it says on the inside of the liner cover. It said, if you have ears to hear, these are the things you can hear. Yep. And that's and it goes for being a jam band. I mean, you talked about like earlier that part of it's a jam band kind of sound. And it is. It's very Almond Brothers style where they just play out the whole, the whole how many measures and bars they want to play. Mm-hmm. And if you're, and I've seen it happen. Like you can get in the studio and you're playing, especially when you're playing it live, and you guys get in that groove, it's not going to stop. And you may not intend, you may intend, like this song you intended it for, but sometimes you'll get in there and it's going to keep going anyway. Yeah. Because it's, it's just, it's music you feel. Well, like. actually, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. We may not intend it, but because we didn't have a set stop point for this song. Okay. We just, I went over it. They knew it. I said, "Is I'm going to start it," and we hit it, and that's kind of how it ended up. Until we looked at each other and nodded. Like how long have we been going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love songs like that. And I, I love when it happens because, especially when it's organic. Yeah. Because that, to me, makes the best music. I, I was telling you earlier that I love when the they have sex. I know like radios may not want to play it because they got like their three minutes or four mm-hmm. minute songs, and that's it. But I love when, I, I think because the musicians that are playing the whole song, sometimes you got to throw them a bone and let them play. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to do that is to give them solos and just let them play throughout the songs, yeah. especially when they're feeling it. Now, a ballad, I get it, you wouldn't do that with. But when, like an in-your-face kind of song, especially this one, right. keep on running, you're, you're telling a message. Sometimes a message takes a while to get to you. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think your point is well taken about let about musicians and and so many times in our style of music the bass players pretty regulated to play it on the one and the three or whatever mm-hmm. and the drummers kind of got to hit a do straight cut time or cut time and you know we're kind of playing cowboy chords and but i although my subject matters like everything everybody else writes about i wanted to once again i wanted to bring the painting outlined mm-hmm. you bring your paint let me set you free to paint this how ends and that's how it happens live in concerts because I, I may have a particular... My band's called the Lathamtown Poet Society. And society's ebbs and flows. And so I named it that because society's ebbs and flows. So you may come see an iteration of the band where this mm-hmm. is kind of an acoustic kind of vibe. Right. Uh, you may see one night where it's just guitars are absolutely blazing or maybe keyboards or maybe the dobro is. It's just 
ebbs and flows because the paint changes on the outline. Right. Again, it's an etch a sketch. It's an etch a sketch. <laughs> Gonna shake it up a little Gonna bit. Shake it up. <laughs> now this is you said open G, right? Was this the one you were telling? This uh, me? this one's an open G. I'm using an old telecaster that Dave Donnelly uh built for me and uh we collaborated with and it's got I forget I think it's got uh Fender custom tele pickups in it, but um it's just played with uh round wound strings. They're not the regular and I mean flat wound, not round wound strings. Yeah. They're just flat. They're like jazz strings. And, okay. And it just hits. And it, um, Drew Lawson, who's a fantastic bass player and plays with me a lot on the road and stuff, he said uh, the song makes him think of the band faces, actually. Really? Okay. Because they played a lot of Open G stuff. So. Yep. I learned uh, Open G at first. I started talking to you about that when we were playing one night and you started talking about Open G. I was like, I didn't, see, I've never thought about it that way. And I'm I'm a decent enough guitar player, but I never really studied that part of it. So when you start talking about Open G and stuff, I love to hear that. I, mm. I, I like to hear all that stuff. So the next song you got coming up, I've heard before. I really yeah. like it. Uh, it's called 83523. Yeah. Uh, drop D. Um, it's played in Drop D, Capo 2. So it ends up being in the key of E. But... Uh, it's my favorite blues lick of all time, and I just want to have a song that had this lick in it. And um, the real story behind this song is I was going down the road in my Jeep one day down East Cherokee Drive, and the song came to me. I wasn't listening to the radio or anything. Mm -hmm. It just came to me. I pulled off at Johnson Elementary, shot back across the road, went down to Little River there on Mill Creek Drive yeah. or whatever it is, sat there, hummed it into the phone, hummed the lyrics as they came to me, Turned around, drove back home, and wrote it out. And it's called 835323, which in the story is the ages of my granddaddy, my daddy, and me. Right. And the life stories that we learned growing up, that I learned from them. And just, of course, as an artist, I reserve the, the right not to let the truth ever get in the way of a good story. <laughs> uh, yep. But uh, this is pretty much true. Uh, I do bring in my wife's story a little bit in it, but... Uh, that's 835323. All right. Let everybody hear it. I've heard it, but we're going to let everybody else hear it now. Mm. Granddaddy's still working, and he's 83. When I look in that mirror, I see a lot of him and me. And some of it's good, and some of it's bad. He's the only husband grandma ever had. He'd say the times were tough, son, then we lost our boy. And yeah, I was ready to give in But we hit our knees and went back to square one So don't leave us world without trying You won't leave us world without crying My daddy goes to work and he's 53 When I look in that mirror, I see a lot of him and me. 
us good and some of us bad. He's the only husband my mom ever had. Can't say the times are tough, son. We got the news. Your mom's got cancer, stage four. But we hit our knees with our face to the floor, so don't. Ten years and I'm 23. When I look in that mirror, I know who's looking back at me. They say that some of it's good and some of it's bad. I'll be the only husband my wife ever had. In 40 years, now I'm 53. 
night, everybody. That I like that one. I've heard it before. I hadn't heard that version. Well, I have because I've listened to your album on Spotify. Right. But yeah. explain it. Uh, you were saying some stuff about it. All right. Oh. So the song, of course, about my granddaddy, my daddy, and me. But musically, that's uh, Jim Van Cleve on fiddle, and uh, he mixed it. And then that's Steve Cunningham that's hitting that driving mandolin in the background. And then that's him on uh, the dobro. And yeah. he's just a monster and i've been blessed to have him on stage a few times with the the live with the poet society and he's just a pleasure to work with uh but he's a racehorse yeah and you need to let that guy run when he's on stage because <laughs> he can he adds so much to the show it's incredible he does many of your lead stuff right yeah he does the yeah. lead stuff because i've had five hand surgeries this last year yeah and back when i used to like to play some lead that's pretty much out of the question. Why? Why would I play lead at this point yes. when you got Steve Cunningham sitting there on stage with you? So, yeah. See, I'm glad you said that because I do the same thing when I go to the studio. I, I told you before, I can play enough to write the song, and if I'm doing on a band, I can do rhythm. But if I'm going to a studio and there's other musicians that can play, why would I not just hand them their stuff? I'm I'm comfortable enough in my skin to know, okay, you're better than me. Go ahead. Yeah. You're gonna turn it into something a lot better than what I could. Yeah. No doubt about it. So the next song you got on here is called 17 Forever. There is a funny, funny, funny story about this song. Um, I was playing at JD's on the Lake, otherwise known as the Blue Cat Lodge yep. in Ozarks. Yep, Bells Ferry. Bells Ferry. And uh, Dan Skinner's a buddy of mine, Kim Shook's a buddy of mine. We were playing there a lot. And one night, uh, some friends of mine walked in, Anita Stewart walked in. And uh, we were playing, and at break time, I went over there, and I was talking to Stuart, and, and this is just how the conversation went. I said, Stuart, I don't know if I ever told you that in high school, your wife, who was at the rival school, she's a couple years older than me, had the best-looking legs in the county. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I know. <laughs> he said, uh, her nickname was Legs. And uh, so we just got to talking about, he was a football player, she was a cheerleader, I grew up playing football in the area, and, mm -hmm. you know, for people who play football, people in the band, in our communities, uh, cheerleaders, band people, football people, Friday nights, the whole world circled. Oh, around. yeah. Especially before phones and all this, mm -hmm. I mean, traveling, whatever, the mobile phones and computer. That's what we did. And so uh, we were just talking about that, reminiscing, and he, he looked at me and he said, but, you know, Kurt, will always be 17 in my mind. Yep. I said, can I write that as a lyric? <laughs> he said, heck yeah. So I was about 20 feet from the stage. I turned, I walked to the stage, I put my guitar on, I told Dan and Kim, I said, I'm going to write a song. And I got everybody's attention. I said, I'm going to make, this is for you, Stuart, Anita. And I made this song up on the spot. She happened to record it. A couple of days later, she sent us text. I said, by any chance you record that? I forgot all about it. I said, yeah. So she sent it to me. So basically, um, I just transcribed what I did that night. <laughs> and this is what came out that night. So I wrote it on the spot. So the, this is the same version that you wrote on the spot? This is what I wrote on the spot. Yep. Oh, 17 that's cool. Forever. I like that. Let's listen to it. 17 Forever. Friday nights of football life. Holding hands by bonfire light Asking you to wear my class ring 
Pep rallies and fresh mown grass Bus rides to games and talking trash Letter jackets and our first kiss And we're 17 forever in our mind Yelling we got spirit on the sidelines Waving pom-poms in the air You had my heart right there 17 forever in my mind Ask your dad if I could take you out Boy, what are you talking about? A lot of questions then said yeah my real big took my hand We drove off in mom's minivan A bit too far, a bit too fast We're 17 forever in our mind Yelling, look at the scoreboard and see who's behind Women pom-poms in the air You had my heart right there Take 
I like that. I told you I like those story songs, and that's a song I think would be timeless because everybody remembers those days of being 17. And even if you didn't play football, there's still you still remember being 17 in high mm-hmm. school and and falling in love for the first time and getting heartbroken for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I love those stories. I just, I, now, some people like my sister. She met her her husband in eighth grade, and they dated all through high school. Been married thirty something years now. That's awesome. Well, that's the the um, we're working on the next video, and uh, and what it's based on stuff like your sister's like pictures of people who were together in mm-hmm. high school, and who are together now. That's cool. And it's going to show people like my mom and dad who are in their eighties. Pictures of them at 4-H camp when they're 15 and 16. <laughs> or Ben Gillen and Dot Gillen, who just, you know, he just passed, but, you know, just showing that. And then people like me and my wife, whatever, it just in juxtaposing those photos mm-hmm. along. So, yeah. And that's cool because, I mean, you don't see that as much anymore, which is a Mm-mm. sad thing. I mean, I'm on my second marriage. I got married when I was like 19. Wow. But I'm. Granted, she got pregnant. I did what I was supposed to do. It didn't work out. But this marriage now, Diana, uh, we've been married for 13 years. Wow. Uh, she's military. Been a drill sergeant when I met her. Uh, so maybe that's what it was. You she's require a drill sergeant, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> there ain't no lie. That's that's yeah. completely 100% true. <laughs> uh, now, the next song we're going to do is actually want to send a countdown. So uh, I've heard this, but tell everybody... Hear the story behind this song. Um, Actually, um, when I tell people this, the song had its beginnings. It had its genesis, as I say, when I was five years old. Okay. And this idea hit me when I was five. Not that I would write it in a song, by no means, but this idea hit me. Mm -hmm. That's where the seed was planted. My great-granddaddy died that year, and I was also a uh, ring bearer that year in a wedding. Okay. Uh, The wedding... The death preceded the wedding, and I can remember in the wedding, the um, preacher said uh, to something about till death does part. And I thought as a five-year-old, I can remember that, I thought as a five-year-old, well, I don't, I don't think Big Papa, when he lost Big Mama, that's what I did. Yeah. Lo- and I don't think people quit loving when they die. Yeah. And so the idea of till death is the end just ain't enough because my mom and dad are in their 80s they've been married 60 something years now whatever but I thought now here's the deal mom's gonna pass for dad or dad's gonna pass for mom that, that's how the club goes Jesse either right. you go before me or I go before you that's how the club goes yep. it's the disappearing club we're all gonna join it one day but I thought you know the day I pass my wife if I she won't love me any less. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of those, until uh, death is the end, till death do us part, I, I thought, well, that just ain't enough. I can tell you you're a poet, man. I mean, that's you got some deep songs. I'm going to have to start writing deep songs now because mine are one night stands and drinking salt. <laughs> Let's listen to it till death is the end. When it all falls to pieces Through death, loss, and pain I'll be standing right 
beside you when you call my name.
Nope. Nope. Uh, tell everybody, just a little bit, just telling me about that. We were talking about the, the meaning of this, of this song. Um, so I don't know if, did I share anything about the wedding and stuff before? Mm, no, I don't think you did. So when I was a boy, five years old, uh, lost my great granddaddy. And that same year I was a ring bearer. And so the genesis of this song is in that. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, you did, you did tell me Anthony that stuff. said that. But, yeah, it's about that whole journey. I mean, we're all headed to the Disappearance Club. Yep. And, again, it's a relevant song. It doesn't matter. That's what's so cool about it is that when you write a song, a lot of songwriters will write just what they're feeling. They get it out. And, yeah, it, it may not be worth anything, but it's something to them. The true, I think the true great songs are one that you can look at 15 20 years and the message there is still as relevant as it is today when you wrote it well that's interesting you say that jess i one thing that i've come i've been reading some poetry by a guy named david white i don't know he's from i think he may be from ireland but anyway his, his point is about lyrics and writing is that and i found this and you probably find it too is that i see four years after i've written a song all of a sudden it says something different to me Mm -hmm. i find a different layer and that's the power of writing right that our own songs are still unveiling themselves to us they're still layer upon layer precept upon precept they're opening up more and more we go god i didn't even know that was about me or that part of my journey but Mm -hmm. now i see that somehow subconsciously I was writing in a place that's unfolding more for me now. Right. And it, but it goes to the same thing about the, it's a story that can relate to more than one person. And you may not have, like as songwriters, my wife doesn't ask me anymore, but like when you write a song, if you're writing a sad song, you may not even be in a sad mood. It's may, you may have heard a sad story or you saw something that like upset you and you wanted to write about it. And then five years down the road, maybe that has happened to you. And it hit, like you said, it hits you in a whole different way. Yeah, yeah. Whole different way. So the next song you got on here is one that everybody knows. It's Rebel Yell. Yeah. Now, they may not know the way you've done it. And I, I heard you play it out. And this is where we started talking about Open G and stuff yeah. when, when I heard you play it. I have to say, I've, I've loved the way that you do this cover. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, I'm like most people. I hear songs and I like them. And I think, well, how would it sound doing it this way or that way? So... I'd heard somebody do an acoustic version of Rebel Yell, and just it, it had stuck in my brain. And but I have a song I, on my first record called Tear Stains, and it, that's the chord progression I was playing one night at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started. I took the lyrics of Rebel Yell, and I thought, well, melodically it would fit. And so when you listen to Rebel Yell, he has that one. He He's really intense, right, the whole song until oh, yeah. he gets to that part. I walked the wall with you, mm-hmm. babe. So he pulls it down. I thought, well, what if I just kept it pulled down? If I flipped that song, it had one intense verse, and everything else laid back, yep. and it becomes a love song, a very passionate, intimate love song. Uh, and so that's kind of how it plays out, to be honest. I mean, as the way I think of it, I think of it, it's like a love song. It's it's got foreplay, it's got intimate play, and it's got intensity, and it's got resolve. Yeah. See, and I love when people take cover songs and they make it their own. Because yeah. I hate 
I've always, and I've said this before in a podcast, I, I'm not a big fan of doing covers. Anytime I go out to play, I want to play originals. Yeah, I know that's probably not going to make you a lot of money, but you know what? I'm like, I can't really, what they want to hear, they want to hear the originals done like the originals. I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not that good of a player to sit there and take a Prince song and play like Prince. That man was an amazing guitarist, amazing singer. So it's okay, if you want to hear covers, I'm going to flip it and I'm going to take that song and I'm going to change it and do it my way and play it out. Yeah. So I, and I slowed it way down and I made it a sadder song because yeah. the story of it's already sad. Yeah. So I like doing stuff like that. Yeah. So I've heard this. We're going to let everybody else hear if they hadn't already. You guys need to check this song out. This is, this is a good song. I, I like when people do covers that they change it. And this Thank is one you. that I really love. Thank you.
Back to back to it, um, yeah. We were talking about that. Tell some of the story you was telling me about the about the Rebel Yell and the guitars and giving them solos and stuff. Oh yeah, so Rebel Yell, I don't know where I left it, but um, I wrote that song as the opposite, the inverse of what he did, where he's intense the whole song with one laid back verse, mm-hmm. so I'm laid back with one intense verse. And you said your uh, producer wouldn't let you do no oh, more takes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, when we recorded it, I actually have an old song I'd written, and I was had sung it over the chord progression, and we wanted this really laid back, and it's a very spontaneous song. The bass player didn't know he would do a solo. Keyboard player doesn't know. That just all happens live. And uh, so I was just marking time with my vocals just to give them a place to understand what's happening vocally in the song. And then... I called him up after we finished. I was like, so when can I come in and recut the vocals? He says, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to recut those. So that's a one-take scratch vocal. Yep, and it's a good one. So the next song you got on here is called Cherokee County. Now, is that written by your wife and you? No, my mom and me. Your mom and you, okay. My mom and I wrote that song. I was uh, contacted by the Cherokee County Historical Society. Uh, Rebecca Johnson had asked me would I play at the fundraiser kickoff for them. <laughs> at Reformation Brewery in Canton and at Spencer's place over there and I said sure and uh and 
she said or I said. Anyway, one way, one thing led to another. We said, how about the original song uh, for it mm-hmm. that night? And I said, yes. And then I hung up the phone and realized I'd agreed <laughs> to write about 11,000 years of human history in three minutes. <laughs> And but so I went up, sat with my mom because she was brought up about a hundred yards from the mill on Main Street, mm-hmm. and my great aunt Mel had worked there, and so she and I just began to brainstorm, and she had these ideas, and I had these ideas, and so basically uh, all of um, North Georgia was the Cherokee territories, mm-hmm. and then in 1831 they established one county, Cherokee County. And then they began to pull out pockets and make right. different counties out of that. But at one time, all of North Georgia was Cherokee County. And so uh, 1831, December's when it's official. So the song just starts out in 1831, Cherokee County was formed. And there was gold in them foothills. Yep. And so we know in like 1832, you got the Franklin gold mines that are busting over on the Etowah River. Mm-hmm. 1829 or 1823, you have the original gold found not in Dahlonega, but Aurea, uh just about four miles from there and uh so it takes on the history of cherokee county and i and i couch it in uh my journey i was born i was raised i live and i die mm-hmm. in cherokee county so every every uh line in here is the truth right because you took it's the all stores. true it's oh. all true i mean sherman burned canton when he came through on his march to the sea Canton is named after Canton, China, because originally they bought mulberry trees over here. And so the line in there says, from the mulberry trees, uh, uh, you know, from the Cherokee to the mulberry trees. It, there's all these history in here. So really, Canton is named after a Chinese city. I did not know that. Yeah. Canton, I did not know China. That. So? Because we're supposed to be a silk producer. <laughs> all right, let's get a history lesson. So we right, Let's get it. 1831 Cherokee County was formed There was gold in them foothills And the miners then stormed I was born Cherokee County Where that Cherokee Nation once rode By the banks That muddy water And at a wall River still flowed And I love To see the mountains And the valleys Below Across the creek The land is my home. I was raised in Cherokee County, learning from my kinfolks back. From the Cherokee to the mulberry trees, how Sherman burned it. Valleys below, across the creek, 
History lesson of Cherokee County. So you said you were married in that church, right? Yeah, that, I was married in the old Canton First Methodist Church. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, down in like in front of that church. There's a building there where Growlers is and all that. That's the Tippins building, E.L. Tippins. He was my great-granddaddy. Really? And I referred to his death earlier. Yep. Um, and that's Lee Street, which is my granddaddy right beside it. So... Uh, in 34, my great-granddaddy and my granddaddy built that building. It was a mule barn. Isn't there a school? Isn't there a Tippins Elementary? Yeah, named? that's named after, uh, that would be a cousin of mine, see, out of that same Tippins family. Yeah. Okay. I know. See, now you're in a small town because now when he's like, oh, yeah, they're related. If the name is, is the same, usually you're related. Yeah. yeah, so my mom, who helped write that song, is Barbara Evelyn Tippins Wheeler. So. Okay. That's cool. See, I, I love history lessons. I, I've been here for, like I said, 35, 37 years, and I, I didn't know that half of what you're telling me. Well, I also teach Georgia history in middle school now. Yep. I've been teaching math and Georgia history for a number of years, so 
I better know something. <laughs> we had a science teacher that they brought in for football, couldn't spell the word science. I literally walked into his uh, class one day to talk to him, and he had science spelled S-E, no, S-C-E-I-N-C-E. I was like, I, I said, Coach, that's wrong. You know that, right? I hope you know that. <laughs> You're teaching these kids and you don't know that? <laughs> so the next song you got on here is called uh, Somehow It Ended. All right, so this is a tough song to talk about. Um, this song addresses um, losing someone and never getting to say goodbye. And I wrote it long before COVID, but with COVID, it seems to have hit a lot harder because they're not letting people sit with their families. Right. And, um, folks aren't getting a chance to say, and you know, then you have horrific car crashes or life ending things Mm or and sometimes it's not just about death it's just about a relationship that just kind of dissolves and you're wondering how did that happen but uh but i built this song on that concept of sometimes things have to end that way and you never get to say goodbye yeah and um i won't give it away but uh you have to as a songwriter, we you know we want people to listen to the words mm-hmm. more than any song probably on the record. I want people to listen to the words of this because you have to hang with the story. Yeah, to see where it goes. Oh yeah, this is one like I said. We were trying to when we had a, we talked about this before. Maybe we didn't, but there was at one point there was artists that were around the Georgia scene that were going to try to do covers of everybody's songs or other people's songs. And I think this is the one of yours I was going to try. But is it th- is it in three four time? It's off. It's an off time song. Okay, I'm horrible with time anyway. So I was like, "Damn it, Kurt, I can't get the rhythm of the song." Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, let's take a listen to it. Man, we thought we had it made Top down radio The wind in her face I pulled into your driveway You next to me Dashboard lighting Heaven for me Down by the lake shore Blanket and white Sang you a love song Heaven light shine Something away 
It caught us by surprise The two worlds collided Couldn't be denied But somehow it ended We never said goodbye And all that we wanted Stand side by side Think how it ended All this to say Yeah, I wish things been different I wish we had it our way I parked out by the meadow Pick you some flowers And sat down, pulled the petals on The next few hours And this one, you love me And this one, you don't Can't make the pedal say things that won't. Somehow it ended. We never said goodbye. And all that wanted. Stand side by side Think how it ended And all this to say Yeah, I wish things been different I wish we had it Pushed on to the hilltop As amber grains weigh So read the letter I left on your grave The torrents are relentless Can't hold back the pain And all of the memory Sacred and profane Think how it ended And all this to say 
wish things been different I wish we had it our way Yeah, I wish things been different I wish we had it our way Yeah, I wish things been different Uh, yeah, I've heard that song before. Like I, I know, I was telling you off air that there's something about a fiddle that makes it sad. Yeah, uh, that song. Uh, it's very hard for me to sing live, and I don't always sing it because one, it's 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 a tough it's it's tough subject matter, mm-hmm. and we've all been there, and we're all going to be there again. And I leave it. The song ends on an unresolved chord. Yeah, you want it to go back to the G. Or the C, actually. You want it to go back to the major dominant chord, but it doesn't. It yeah. kind of leaves you... The, musically and emotionally and lyrically, that song leaves you hanging. Yeah. Waiting for the next step, and, and that's that's on purpose. And so when I played the full band show at Matilda's this last year, and it was just... The crowd was amazing. It's just incredible. And we just walked off stage to standing ovation and they wanted an encore and so Raquel Ray and I walked out on the stage with just my guitar and that was the encore song oh wow yep and uh, kind of just to take it in a total different vein because usually everybody's expected to come out there and kick one up mm-hmm. one more notch and um, and I was going to say something about the song but before I went the, that day my wife was like you better not say anything don't 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 give them a hint you just walk out there just <laughs> let them take take a full frontal on that so yep that's that's cool i tell the story behind songs like that because you you write these songs out and you play and you've got a lot of musical theory in the way you set this up i mean you do because it's about like you leave it you let the music like this one the way it ends it doesn't resolve the song mm-hmm. i mean that's that's theory i know it's probably not like the technical theory but I, mm-hmm. I think it's theory i think yeah. it's a smart choice to do it i think you're telling a story and your music's telling a story and you're making it go on an emotional ride yeah. I, I love stuff like that i just do yeah. i can't do it but i love the it story <laughs> behind the story the song behind the song you know and that's why i do that's why i do these because like most people like, you do an album review what you can write about it no i could what am i going to say about your song but my opinion i'd mm-hmm. rather hear the story of the song and then let everybody just right. listen to it. Right. That's just the way I'd rather do it. Because, sure. I mean, yeah, I could tell you what I would do on this and with somebody else. But, you know what? That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's my opinion. What, 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 is, what does my opinion mean in the end of it? It's your song. It's already out there. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so the next song you got on here is called On Our Way. Yeah. Um, there is a hilarious story behind this song. It's actually the, the new video. Okay. It's out on uh, YouTube, and uh, Brian Wallace is a dear friend of mine and has played a pivotal role in my life. Uh, but he's an incredible video guy, movie guy, and we got to talking about doing a video. And so, when you if you watch the video of this, uh, that's brains, uh, that brains, that's Brian's brainchild, and uh, 
his wife Delilah and then uh, Calista Odom and then Kelly and Heath Wilkie and then we had Steve West who's actually a councilman in Cherokee County we used his factory and uh, to film some of it and then uh, an old high, elementary school buddy Keith White's in it I mean it's it's this all free home all Latham Town crowd mm. that builds this thing and uh, some folks just it, if you get a chance to go see the video on it it's killer um, but that's that's brain uh, brain that's Brian Wallace's brainchild on that but this song came about because my brother Chris who's a movie producer he did Sam Bush's documentary mm-hmm. he's done all these things like ride to the extraordinary series on amazon it's he called me one day he says he doesn't remember it but i remember it very well jesse he called me he said can you not write one happy song <laughs> <laughs> I said, what do you mean he said dude there's people dying drug addicted cheating all this stuff can you just just write a happy song i was like okay so kind of in defiance of him, I wrote this song, <laughs> and uh, it just all came out one day. And um, I, when I write, I don't know, I, everybody writes differently. Sometimes I dream mm-hmm. the songs, literally, and I get up and just sing them in the right. phone. And, but I put myself in the mindset of a boy. He's, he's worked for 20 years in a factory, and he's earned his two weeks of vacation. He's not mad at the world, but you know what? He don't owe his boss nothing. He's going to get his lady, and he doesn't care whether he gets his motorcycle, his van, or truck. Mm-hmm. He's taking off to the beach or the mountains. And I think most people around here, that we don't care. Just give me the mountains or give me the beach. I just yep. need to get on my way. So yep. that's the song. <laughs> well, let's listen to it. My mind and body's breaking down Too much inside time And these bills keep piling high Growing line by line And this crap keeps building up I can't take no more When that clock strikes 5.30 I'm busting through that And when that whistle blows Don't be standing I've earned my 14 days and I fumble for the key. I can't leave too soon, I don't owe the boss a dime. Vacation starts in June. Come on, my way, it's time to travel. The worry, stress of this world will unravel. Give me mountains, give me. Then I'll 
Said I, I did catch that little Cajun style in there. Yeah, it's got a Cajun vibe on it. Um, and I've thought about you know coming out with a Cajun 
issue of that song. I, th- I think it would be huge in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, that song's like six minutes long or whatever. But anyway, the video edits like four. And uh, it's a it's a feel-good song, you know. Let's just go on vacations. Give me the mountains. Give me the beach. I don't Mm-hmm. And it's funny that some of the songs that, like, that one was a song that you wrote because, you know, it just kind of defines the brother. Like, you know, here, it turned out to be one of your catcher oh, yeah. tunes. And you, you know, oh, it's yeah. funny it how that goes works. Over well. As a matter of fact, our, uh, for the album release show, we had a massive screen at Mad Life. And that it's, the show started out with a video. And then as mm-hmm. the video went down, we came in with something I said as the video dropped. And so, yeah, it's a good song. Yep. I like it. So you got one more on the album. It's called yeah. Reckless Abandon. Yeah, this is, uh, my wife says this is her favorite, uh, Shanna Marie with Layla Promotion. She reviewed the record. She said this is her favorite. Um, this is an interesting song. It's uh, Reckless Abandon and Reckless Abandon Reprise. And as the record starts out, it starts out with an organ, kind of a churchy kind of organ thing. Okay. And um, this song starts out pretty sparse. Um when Bobby and I were talking about recording it, and he said, I, he said, I just wanted to be like you're sitting in the living room with me. And uh, so it's me at first, and then uh, Jim Van Cleve on fiddle comes in, and it's it's the journey of me mm-hmm. when I get too caught up in my own story and I start living out of a place of self-pity. Because for me, self-pity ends up justifying anything bad I want to do. Yeah. Or anything, you know, it's my justification for gossip. It's my justification for bitterness or unforgiveness. Is you just don't know my story. <laughs> if you knew my story, you would be. And so, um, but the guy, the character in the story, i.e., me, realizes that there's a place that he's being called to. Mm-hmm. And um, it's there's a lyric. There's an old saying. It says, "Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord?" but he who has clean hands and a pure heart. So this guy's being called to the mountains. He keeps being called to the mountains, and he keeps getting bogged down in his loss and his failures Mm -hmm. and his self-pity. And uh, the journey takes him through that whole song. And uh, at the end of the song, uh, he's made it. However, he says, it's my last stand. This is where they're going to find me. Uh, the last will and testament in my hand. Which is really a sign and symbol of the new promises, the new covenant, the new mm-hmm. man. But you, the song is written in a minor key. So although it's a song of promise, it ends on a minor key. And then as you hang at the end of the song, uh, that old telecaster starts to swell back in. And it begins, the song begins to lift off little by little by little and which is symbolic of the ascension okay of the new man see deep songs deep meaning songs <laughs> i gotta write better songs <laughs> well, let's take a listen to it
wind keeps calling me on up into these mountains far above the red clay foothills been choking on life's dust and not drinking from the fountain and from my soul there ain't much left to steal Choking on life's dust, I'm not drinking from the fountain. The one strong from a manual's vein. I plunge beneath that flood with reckless abandon and I lose all my guilty stain. Lose all my guilty stain. Walk down the swamps of my loss and my failure And every time that I go there, the pity wins again Keep trying to catch my breath before I go back under Oh God, reach down and lift the head of your friend Choking on life's dust, I'm not drinking from the fountain. The one that's drawn from a manual's vein. And I'll plunge beneath that flood with reckless abandon and I lose all my guilty stain. Lose all my guilty stain. That's descended on our souls Stealing the hearts and the lives of my loved ones Worries and fear Made my heart grow cold Choking on life's dust I'm not drinking from the fountain The one that's drawn from a manual's fate I plunge beneath that flood to reckless abandon and I lose all my guilty stain lose all my guilty stain lose all my guilty stain oh, Distant drums are calling me back where I come from But they not left me to kill 
It's my last hand and it's probably where they'll find me Last will and testament in my hand Very almond brothers.
Very Almond Brothers. I, I like it. Thank you. Thank you. It's the uh, first piece we recorded, and um, Dustin Williams on the bass and David Williams on drums and Ian Clint on the keys, me playing rhythm guitar, and it's just, to me, the song that ends, it just tags us back because it starts out with this kind of a church organy mm-hmm. kind of thing bringing us down into the song and as we go through these valleys and these peaks we end up with the shape of the record coming and it's pushing us back up and out yeah with an organ now we're leading out on the organ on the high part so it's going out so so you was talking about the coming out I was like, again that that's one i could picture in a movie i just could mm-hmm. a soundtrack with them coming out of the water if it's like yeah. some preacher or you know baptism or something right. you know yeah. out of coming out of burning yeah, fire resurrection you know new life yeah so Kurt that was that was Kurt Wheeler with his On Our Way album uh, thank you Kurt I, thank uh, you Jeff I really enjoyed the album uh, tell everybody where they can find you at. you can find me at uh, KurtLeeWheelerMusic.com uh, Instagram's L-Town Poet and Facebook is Kurt Lee Wheeler Music and I'm on iTunes and Spotify iHeartRadio all that stuff you can download the record and um you can also uh, check out the video on our way on YouTube if you look up Kurt Lee Wheeler. But always put Lee in there because if you don't, there's a Kurt Wheeler who's got a bunch of records out there, and it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny when you look for your name and it's like, yeah, put Lee or whatever. So, I mean, even around here, there's another Wheeler that we know Garrett. He's, is he related to you? Yeah, uh, Garrett's not related to me at all, but, yeah, we we laugh about that. Um uh, yeah, I'm just glad my prison record doesn't show up, so I'm good. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was Kurt Lee Wheeler, and that was his album, On Our Way. So it's available now. Go buy it. Um, you've heard the story, so you know what's behind them. Now you can listen to it a little bit different point of view. Thank you, Jess. That's Kurt. <laughs>